Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson, with his wife, Carlotta, and daughter, Hannah Miller. So listen up, because the doctor is in. Welcome to More Than Medicine. I am your host, Dr. Robert Jackson. And I have an observation and a question that I would like to begin with today. My observation is this. I think the world is upside down. And specifically, I think the medical world is upside down. So much so that sometimes it makes my head want to explode. Now, what I'm specifically talking about is the question that I want to bring to us today. And that question is, why is there a war against natural immunity to the COVID virus? Now, I want you to understand that natural immunity is that immunity that you and I acquire when we're exposed to a virus or a bacterial infection. Our body develops antibodies to the virus or the bacteria. And typically that Natural immunity is long-lasting and durable for most viruses. Now, for the flu virus, that's not true because the flu virus is ever-changing. That's why you have to receive a flu shot every season, every year. But did you know that my patients who were born before 1954 who contracted measles have long-lasting durable resistance protection to the measles, that's because they have natural antibodies. They have antibodies to that measles virus that lasts them for a lifetime. And they don't need to receive a measles vaccine. My patients born before 1954 are not required to receive a measles vaccine because they have are considered to have been exposed naturally to the measles. They're considered to have natural immunity. I have college students who come to me wanting to go to college, and many of them are required to have a chicken pox vaccine. I will ask them, did you have chicken pox as a child? Many of them will say, well, yes, I did. I can perform a blood test that checks for their antibody titer. And although they may be 18, 19, 20 years old, they will still have antibodies to that chicken pox that they acquired as a child. They are not then required to obtain a chicken pox vaccine. Did you know? Now, this is amazing that my patients who had the Spanish flu in 1918, some of them are over 100 years old, still have antibodies to the Spanish flu 100 years later. That is amazing. And then my patients who had the SARS-CoV infection in 2003, the original SARS outbreak, they still have antibodies to that original SARS outbreak 17, 18 years ago, 
And more than that, the antibodies that they acquire then will still protect them from this epidemic that we're experiencing today. Those antibodies generalize and still protect him to SARS-CoV-2, which is going around today. Natural immunity is an amazing thing. It's a legitimate thing. It provides long-lasting, durable protection to many viral infections. So the question that I ask is, why does the FDA, the CDC, and our federal government ignore the fact that so many Americans have already been exposed to COVID and now possess natural immunity. In fact, in fact, the CDC just this month in September released their statistics that estimates that 146 million Americans have been exposed to the COVID virus and have had mild to moderate infections, and thereby possess natural immunity. But for some reason, our government, our schools, our medical establishments, our hospitals are ignoring the fact that these folks possess natural immunity and are still pushing on them the need to have a covid vaccine. Just recently, I saw a sign that said COVID-19 vaccination or negative COVID-19 test result will be required to attend Summerfest 2021. Why did the sign not say COVID antibodies or evidence of previous infection, like a, a, a positive COVID test, would that not have been sufficient? That would have indicated that this person had had COVID and now possessed natural immunity. The natural immunity of so many has led the way toward what we call herd immunity. Now, pay close attention. Many third world nations or up and coming nations like India or Bangladesh or Indonesia has less than 5% penetration with the COVID vaccine. And yet their case rates have almost come down to zero because the people in those countries have all had COVID. And those nations now possess herd immunity. Their epidemic has died down just like all epidemics throughout history do. The vast majority of the people have had the virus. They've been exposed to the virus. They have natural immunity. The entire populations are now uh, now possess natural immunity and the, the virus, the quote, pandemic is disappearing in India, Bangladesh, and Indonesia and other countries where there is no vaccine penetration. In Western Europe and in the United States, guess what? We have relied almost exclusively on vaccine 
whereby the vaccine is not effective and it's only good for about six months, we're not allowing our people to acquire herd immunity and we are now seeing a new surge of Delta variant infections all across the United States and Western Europe. Will that last? I'm telling you, it will not last. Eventually, enough people in the United States and Western Europe will acquire infection with even the Delta variant. We will acquire herd immunity, and the necessity for the vaccine will disappear, even though our government is still aggressively promoting the vaccine. So again, my question is, why the war against natural immunity? According to the CDC, breakthrough infections are responsible for 75% of the COVID cases that resulted from a large public gathering on Cape Cod just this last summer. Catherine Brown of the Massachusetts Department of Public Health stated that 74% of 469 COVID cases linked to that summer event and, and similar gatherings in a small town nearby were fully vaccinated people, and almost 80% of those folks were symptomatic. You see, the vaccine is not protecting people. A retrospective observational study of millions of Israelis demonstrated that natural immunity confers longer-lasting and stronger protection against infection and symptomatic disease and hospitalization caused by the Delta variant of SARS-CoV-2 compared to the vaccine, two-dose vaccine-induced immunity. Now, this is from Israel, which is probably six months ahead of the United States in all of their research and in all of their vaccine implementation. The vaccinated individuals included in the study in Israel had a 13-fold increased risk for breakthrough infections as compared to those previously infected who had natural immunity. Let me say that again. I want you to get that in your little pea brains. The folks who were vaccinated had a 13-fold increased risk for breakthrough infections compared to folks who had natural immunity. Now, on May 28th, in an op-ed entitled, Quit Ignoring Natural COVID Immunity, two medical doctors who authored this article, Jeff Klausner and Noah Kojima, stated that those who have recovered from COVID-19 have a strong protective immunity, protecting them from repeat infection, disease, hospitalizations, and death. In fact, that protection is similar to or better than vaccine-induced immunity. So why does the CDC continue to promote vaccines? And in fact, the CDC keeps quoting a study that was done in Kentucky just last year. That study had um, about 400 people in the study, 
And they said that the folks who had natural immunity were two times more likely to be reinfected with the COVID than vaccinated individuals with natural immunity. Now, does that sound right to you? Does that sound true to you? Well, let's contrast that with a study from Israel from their health ministry data. They stated that Israelis who were vaccinated were 6.7 times more likely to get infected after the shot than after natural infection. Now compare the two studies. The Kentucky data analyzed 246 people. I misspoke. It wasn't 400. It was 246. The Israeli data analyzed 5 million people. You and I both know that the larger the sample size, the more accurately it reflects the population and its characteristics. Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the Israeli data with 5 million test subjects? Or are you going to believe the CDC with only 246 test subjects? Now, I told you last week that I grew up always trusting the CDC. All through my medical career, I have trusted the CDC until this pandemic. And now suddenly I'm put in a position where I don't trust anything that Rachel Walensky or the CDC says. And this referral to this Kentucky data is just another instance where I cannot trust the CDC. Substantial immune memory is one of the things that is generated after someone acquires COVID-19. And it involves all four major types of immune memory. About 95% of subjects retain immune memory six months after infection. Now, I have an article that just came out this last week from The Lancet, which is one of the British uh, medical journals. And it, it goes and looks at all of the journal articles and research articles that they could compile that looks at natural immunity. The authors of this um, uh, journal article were Noah Kojima and Jeff Klausner. We've already heard their name today. Um, and their conclusion was that natural immunity is far superior than any immunity conferred by the vaccine. And I want to quote some of the studies that they found. And in, in, the, in the conglomerate, there's the whole, the whole of this, they, they looked at multiple studies, dozens of studies. They found that the risk of repeat SARS-CoV-2 infection decreased by anywhere from 80 to 100% among those who had a COVID infection previously. The reported studies were large and conducted throughout the world. Let me just read to you some of their, their studies. Um, this, there were some biological studies. There were epidemiological studies. There were clinical studies. Two of the biological studies uh, said that 95% of participants tested retained immune memory at six months after having a COVID-19 infection. More than 90% of the participants had CD4 T-cell memory at one month 
and eight months after having COVID. Another article by a gentleman named Wang and his group participated with previous SARS-CoV-2 infection with an ancestral variant that produced antibodies that cross-neutralized emerging variants of concern with high potency, lasting longer than six to eight months. Another article, 80, 80% protection against reinfection. Another article from uh, the United States, 100% protection against uh, reinfection. And this, this article just goes on and on talking about various groups who studied populations who had previous infections with COVID and their ability to have uh, protection six or eight, sometimes 12 months later. They had some conclusions. Here are their conclusions. It is known that COVID infection induces specific and durable T-cell immunity. Researchers have also found that people who recovered from SARS-CoV infection in 2002 and 3, that was the original outbreak 17 years ago, continue to have memory T-cells that are reactive to the SARS-CoV protein 17 years after that outbreak. That was what I mentioned in the beginning. Additionally, memory B-cell response to SARS-CoV-2 evolves between one and six months after infection, which is consistent with, pay attention, long-term protection. Then they made some observations. In Switzerland, residents who can prove they have recovered from SARS-CoV-2 infection through a positive PCR or other test in the past 12 months are considered equally protected as those who have been fully vaccinated. By the way, the same thing is true in Germany. They conclude their article by saying this, Given the evidence of immunity from previous SARS-CoV-2 infection, policymakers, that means our legislators, our governors, our hospital administrators, should consider recovery from previous SARS-CoV-2 infection equal to immunity from vaccination for purposes related to entry to public events, businesses, and the workplace or travel requirements. Now, these are medical doctors that have reviewed dozens and dozens of articles that document long-term durable immunity after someone acquires the COVID infection. So here's the question that I want to ask you. Why doesn't the CDC acknowledge the widespread natural immunity that is demonstrated by its own data? One has to conclude that the CDC isn't just ignoring the inconvenient truth. It is supporting a federal vaccine mandate that ignores Americans' constitutional rights. And that's what concerns me so very much. I am a healthcare worker who is facing losing my own employment at a very large hospital system because I decline taking the vaccine. I had COVID last year in November of 2020. I have antibodies, which I have documented. 
I possess natural immunity like so many of you out there do. There's no reason for me to take the vaccine. More than that, I'm concerned about the safety of the vaccine. I'm leery of the effectiveness of the vaccine. I don't recommend it for my patients under 65 who are healthy and do not have comorbidities. Why should I ignore my own advice and take the vaccine since I do not have comorbidities? Why is the CDC ignoring its own data? Why is it ignoring the inconvenient truth? Why is it promoting a federal vaccine mandate and violating the constitutional rights of Americans? My concern is that there are motives that we as Americans are unwilling to admit. I think there are financial motives and that there are pharmaceutical companies and profiteering politicians that are making lots of money at taxpayer expense for the sale and promotion of this vaccine. And there are folks that are just simply unwilling to admit to that fact. More than that, I believe that there are folks in the halls of power in Washington, D.C. that are trying to exert control over rank-and-file grassroots Americans. And we're unwilling to admit to that as well. Last year, during the height of the pandemic, the government exercised control over you and me in closing down small businesses, locking down houses of worship, stopping travel in a way that you and I would never have imagined possible. The government overreached just because of the fear of a pandemic. And those fears were never completely realized. Now, I admit that there were lots of people who became quite ill, and there were 700,000 people who died because of or with COVID. But that's not even 0.5% of the American population. That's no justification for government overreach. There's no constitutional authority for our government to close down our economy, restrict our individual rights, or force you and me to give up our individual autonomy and make us take a vaccine that we do not want to receive. The government does not have that constitutional authority. If the government can make you and me give up our individual autonomy and receive a vaccine that we do not wish to receive, what other power can they exert over you and me as individual citizens? That concerns me greatly. I always thought that in the end times, the battle would be a battle over biblical orthodoxy over defending the local church or defending the truth of the gospel. And yet here I am as a God-fearing, right-thinking Christian physician defending the sanctity of the doctor-patient relationship and defending the individual autonomy 
of my patients against receiving a vaccine of all things that they don't want to receive. Well, I'm here to tell you that the enemy of our soul is shrewd. He's called Slewfoot for a reason. He is a deceiver. And he's performing an end run, a flanking maneuver around the local church. And so many Christian people and pastors are completely unaware of what's happening here because it's not a direct frontal attack on the church or the gospel message. But it is an end run, and it's an attack on our individual freedoms. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, if you and I lose our individual freedom, our individual autonomy, then like dominoes, religious liberty will follow. We will lose our religious liberty and all of our other freedoms if we lose our individual autonomy. If the government can force a vaccine on you against your will and cause you to lose your job, lose your employment, lose your privileges if you decline a vaccine, I'm here to tell you that they will continue with their overreach and can continue to erode your freedoms. They will continue to take away your privileges. I promise you that a vaccine passport will be the next thing that will be forced upon the American people. You will continue to lose your freedoms. You will continue to lose your privileges. And the religious liberties of individual God-fearing Christian people will be the next item, the next domino that will fall. The devil is a deceiver. He is shrewd. He is the enemy of our soul. And he knows how to accomplish his purpose. We must draw a line in the sand. We must say this far and no more. It is time for God-fearing, right-thinking Christian people to stand up and say, No, I'm not taking the vaccine. You cannot impose that upon me because I know where this leads. I know that it will lead to the further erosion of my liberties, including my religious liberties. I am praying for you and me that we will see this issue clearly. I am praying for you and me that we will have the courageous constitution of constitutional objectors all through time and history, that we will stand up and that we will not allow our conscience to be violated, that we will not allow our freedoms to be eroded, and that we will stand strong. As Benjamin Franklin said a long time ago, if we do not hang together, we will most certainly hang separately. Brothers and sisters, stand strong, and let's all hang together. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. If you'd like to contribute to further the efforts of the ministry, you can support them at patreon.com forward slash jacksonfamilyministries. 
This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.